Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. You know you have a race for your life marked out for you? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, And sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I want to talk today about the God who never quits. The God who never quits. See there are things about God that that Jesus models for us. There are things that he models that we can't aspire to really. You know, he, 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 he shows us God taking on human flesh. He, he, he shows us the, the, the love of God. He, he shows us uh, so much about the character and nature of God. He was God. He, he shows us. You want to know who God is. You want to know what he looks like. You want to know what he, how he thinks and how he treats people. Just look at the life of Jesus. He is our example. He is our uh, picture. He is, he is so many incredible things about the nature of who God is. We, we, we worship and we sing songs about him. That's, that's, that's why we do that. Every single week, I want to tell you, here at City Hills, we believe in exalting the name of Jesus. We're gonna, our, that's what, whenever we're picking songs, whenever we're, think, we're thinking, how can we exalt the name of Jesus? How can we lift up his name? Because the scripture says if he's lifted up, then he's going to draw all men to himself. That if he's lifted up, he can change hearts and lives. I could preach till my tongue falls out, till I turn, I could preach my entire life and never change one life, but one moment in the presence of Jesus Christ can take a sinner, someone who's broken, someone who doesn't have, has, have hope, and can rearrange their life and change them. That's why we lift up his name, because I just feel that if he can get in this place, if we can recognize that he is in this place, then he could change our lives, and that's what matters. We, we, we sing about his grace. We sing about his goodness we sing about the might and power of God we sing about the the beautiful name of Jesus we sing about all these things and we worship all these different aspects of Jesus but I want to shine a light and take a Sunday and dedicate it to a certain attribute of who he was and I think perhaps it could be the greatest attribute and the most inspiring thing about who Jesus was It's simply this, and it's in your notes. One of the most inspiring things about Jesus is that he refused to quit. One of the most inspiring things about Jesus is that he refused to quit. Everything else in Jesus' life would be sustained by one thing. Would he overcome the urge to give up? We forget many times that Jesus was a man. 100% God, 100% man. He experienced the pain of loss, the pain of discouragement. He experienced all of the same things that we struggle with, that we battle with today. And one of the great things about him, as I think one of the most inspiring things about him is that he never gave up. And all of the hope that he had to give, 
all of his mission that he had to accomplish for you and I would all be sustained by one thing. It's if he could overcome the urge inside himself, inside his human nature to give up, to quit, to stop short. To give up when the going got tough. To give up when he was betrayed. To give up when he was in pain. To give up on the cross. And today on this Palm Sunday, we remember that Jesus doesn't... No one has to push him into Jerusalem this last week of his life. He willingly walked into Jerusalem. He willingly, he, he got on a donkey and he rode in as he rode into the city. Why? Because he was making the decision that he was not going to stop short of the mission that he had to accomplish. Jesus was showing us what it looks like to not give up. He knew there was pain coming. He knew there was sorrow on the way. He knew that there were good days and he knew there were bad days on the journey. But he made the decision and we worship him today because he decided to never give up. And his never giving up allowed all of his purpose to be fulfilled. If he would have gave up, everything would have been different in his life and our lives. And guys... That's what the writer of Hebrews is putting our attention to this morning. He says, looking to Jesus, looking at the example of someone who endured some difficult things, that we understand that our lives are much the same, that our purpose will not be fulfilled unless we too are willing to stand whenever everything else is going down around us. That there will be times, there will be moments that we'll have to willingly walk into a fire. And stay there. That we will have to make the decision that if we will fulfill our purpose, we have to make the choice to never, ever give up. That we can only accomplish our mission if we make the decision to not give up like Jesus did. See, it's common to quit. People quit things all the time. Salespeople quit selling. Students quit school. Believers quit church. Volunteers quit volunteering. People quit diets. People quit exercising routines. We, we quit things all the time. And there are some things that are bad that it's good that we quit. Amen? But there are some things that we're supposed to start and never quit. We're never called to quit our calling. We're never called to quit why God made us and what God's called us to do. That we are called as Jesus' example to us. We are called to live out our calling and to make a difference. But it's all hinged on will we quit. If there's ever anyone that could have quit, it was Jesus. Not just the end of his life that we're looking at today, but the beginning of his life. He was scorned, he was ridiculed, rejected by his family, raised in poverty. He had difficulty from the moment that he was born. And even on the cross, Scripture says he could have called for, he could have called for angels. Just one moment on the cross, he could have gave up. That's what the Scripture was trying to tell us, that he was not a robot on the cross. But he was willingly showing us what it looks like to resist the urge to never give up. Up. And I just want to give some recognition to him today, to the God that doesn't quit, to the God who never, ever, ever quit on us.
So we don't need to quit on him. He's the God that never quits. How did he never quit? In Hebrews, we looked at it earlier, Hebrews chapter 12. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus was able to endure what he was going through. It was a bad, bad season. We're going to look, we call it the Passion Week. We call it this this week where we're looking at the crucifixion of Jesus. And this was a bad, bad season, a a bad, bad time in Jesus' life. But he realized he could get through this today. He could not give up on the cross because there was joy set before him. He knew that he did not have to give up on the cross because he knew there was something waiting on him beyond the cross. He understood that this was just a chapter. This was not the whole story. That the whole story was going to be a story of redemption. That the whole story would be so impactful. It would reach all the way from Jerusalem. All the way over to Knoxville, Tennessee. And there would be people thousands of years later. Hearing about the grace of a loving and mighty God who cares for them. He saw that the cross was just a chapter. But there was joy that was beyond that chapter of the story. Guys, I want to tell you that you may be in a difficult season today. But it's not the whole story. It's just a chapter of the story. And if you'll be faithful, if you'll make the decision to never give up, to not quit on your calling and not quit on what God's called you to do, there's something beyond that you may not even imagine. So how did Jesus do it? I want to... I want to share, I just want to share with you how I think he did it. How did he do it? And here's, here's just some concepts I want to share with you today. It's in your notes. That one, here's the first one. One chapter is not the whole story. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what difficulty you're in the middle of. I don't know what kind of discouragement that you're facing in your life right now. But I want to tell you, one chapter of your life is not the whole story of your life. We have the tendency to judge our whole story by the chapter that we're currently in. My whole life is busted. My whole life is depressed. My whole life has no hope. It's always going to be this way. And I want to tell somebody, just because you're in a difficult chapter does not mean your story is not a great story of God's love and God's grace and God's redemption. You're just in a difficult chapter. You see, it's... It's, it's not about just the one ingredient of life. It's about all the things God's put, God puts together. I, uh, I love, I, 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 love um, I was about to say um, the, the Food Network, but I love food first of all. <laughs> then I love watching the Food Network. How many loves food? You be honest, yeah, we love food. But we love watching the Food Network at home, uh, Kara and I. And one of the things we love... I, I, when I watch the Food Network, even though I can't cook, I always feel like I can after I watch the Food Network. I saw some, some that someone put online. This is so funny. Like Normally, before the Food Network, it's a peanut butter and jelly. But after the Food Network, here's what it is. After I watched the Food Network, I made a pureed nut spread with a grape relish reduction paired with a brioche bun. That's how I feel after I watch the Food Network. Take that peanut butter and jelly. On a French baguette. <laughs> one of my favorite show, one of our favorite shows is the show, show Chopped. 
You seen Chopped? They take all, what is it? They, they bring these chefs in and then they give them ingredients, right? They put it in a basket, they get it out, and it's like an egg, a fish head, you know, and two duck legs, you know, and, a, and some relish or something like that. And they're like, make a dessert. And I'm always thinking to myself, how in the world are they going to do this? I can't even bake a cake with all of the ingredients in front. Like, I, how is this guy going to turn a fish head into some ice cream or whatever he does? And lo and behold, lo and behold, every time, the skill of those chefs are able to take these terrible ingredients. And they're, it's, it's unbelievable. They're like, we'll take this. I mean, they just run. I don't know if you've ever seen them do it. Like, I'm paralyzed in the kitchen. Like, I don't know where to go. They're like running with that. That's, you know, we're going to get this. And they just got their arms full. And they're like, and there's whipping stuff here and putting it in the oven, whipping stuff here and putting it in the oven here. And, you know, kicking this and doing this. And sweat's going. One's cutting their finger off. I mean, they're doing all these things all around them. You know, they're like bandaging it up, you know, like fingerless. But they're still making all their food. I mean, they are intense. But the skill of the chef is the ability to take the ingredients that are given and to turn it into something incredible. I want you to know that we serve a God who's able to take the worst ingredients. He's able to take the things that everybody else looks and says, I mean, you're like, there's nothing that can happen with that life. And God says, oh, no, 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 no. You don't know what I'm making with the things that, that, yeah, maybe some of the ingredients, you've made mistakes. Maybe you've got some bad ingredients in your life from some past mistakes. I want you to know we serve a God who makes the most wonderful creation with the worst ingredients. Don't give up in the middle of your story because it's just a bad chapter. The ingredients in themselves, like if you just looked at the ingredients in, in a, in a in a uh, cake, if you just were to look at all the ingredients in a cake, some of them would be appetizing to eat. You know, probably would, you may enjoy a glass of milk, or I don't know why there's coffee there, but that's a special cake. I would eat that cake. I love coffee. Eggs are great, but I, don't, I wouldn't like them raw. Like that. Butter, stick of butter. Man, I, that'd be gross. Cocoa, that's not too bad, but, but just by itself. But when you mix them all together, a little bit of heat, a little bit of time, we would all enjoy that. See, guys, maybe you are dealing with a chapter that's a bad ingredient all by itself. See, the cross was not a beautiful thing. Jesus wasn't like, yay, it's amazing. No, he saw that it was, there was, this was an integral ingredient to the grand purpose of God. And he willingly subjected himself, went through a bad chapter, and guys, he didn't quit. Because there was something beyond what he was going through in the moment. I want to tell somebody, here's what God's story is for you. You may be in an ingredient chapter that's negative or that's bad or that's depressing or it doesn't look like it has purpose. I want you to know your story is a story of victory. Your story is a story of God's favor. Your story is a story where God's on the throne and he's going to get glory out of your life. And the scripture says in Romans 8, 28, that we know, we know, we know that all things, it doesn't say we feel that all things work together for good but we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose 
We know sometimes you just got to beat your brain and say, feelings, take a back seat. Brain, we're going to, I just know. I know that I know that I know that I know that God's working all things for the good. So here's the point today. If it's not good yet, God's not done yet. If your story's not good yet, if you're in a bad chapter, don't leave. Just hold on because God's going to get glory out of this. There's things I go through and, I, oh, man, I, I, love, I, love, I love good preaching. Years ago, I heard a message that said, the pastor just said over and over, God's going to get some glory out of this. <laughs> Can you say that with me? Can you preach to me a little bit today? God's going to get some glory out of this. I love that. Guys, sometimes you just got to get that down in your spirit when you're going through a bad chapter. You know what, devil? God's going to get some glory out of this. I don't know if it's going to be today. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. I don't understand how it's going to work. But I'm going to have a story of victory. I want you to know that some of the things that you're battling the worst now will be the things that you celebrate someday. There will be a day when you start celebrating the thing that you're currently battling. So don't give up yet. One day it will be your testimony of grace. God will turn that test into a testimony. He'll take that mess and he'll make it into a miracle. He'll do something, but don't give up. Here's the second thing I think Jesus understood. Jesus understood that bad chapters make the best stories. Bad chapters make the best stories. We all love stories with action, adventure, danger, nail-biting thrillers, mysteries, people who are willing to take risks, who face adversity, who lose it all until it happens to us. We all love those stories. We read about those stories. We pay money to go to theaters and watch those stories. But when it comes to our house, we think our life is over. But guys, the worst chapters make the best stories. That God's glory doesn't necessarily is necessar- not necessarily just shown whenever everything's sunny and up and to the right and you know I got five raises yesterday and man somebody gave me a new car and then I went and I don't know you know like like, like we would love if it was always like that but what you find is that whenever that whenever the back whenever the, the your back's against the wall and whenever you don't know what to do and whenever there's difficulty in your life and in your, I want you to know that it's in those parts of the story where you're going to tell those to your grandkids and you're going to tell those to your kids someday you're not going to tell them about the time that you won everything and everything went good you're going to tell them about the time you lost the job and you're going to tell them about the time they walked out of the house and you're going to tell them about the time that you got kicked out you're going to tell them about the time when you didn't have a dollar in your wallet you're going to tell them about the time because God makes the best stories out of the worst chapters in our lives my kids, we, we love acting out Bible stories at the, house, you know, at the house at night. And my kids will do it every night. They love it. And we do Jonah and the whale, you know. And we dress up like, one dresses up like Jonah. And the other one's the whale. And you know, I'm the whale. And I swallow them both up, you know. And then we roll off the bed. And, you know, 
my, it's, it's a blast. So, but one of the things we love doing, David and Goliath, and, you know, we do the whole story, and, you know, David's the littlest one, you know, and I'm Goliath, and, you know, and then, and then, you know, then they throw something at me, of course, and hits me, and I fall down, and then, then, then they will not let the story be in, end until it says, and then he cut his head off. <laughs> like, that's, they're like, the whole story is just waiting for it to cut it. They, his teacher at school told us, yeah, we were doing David and Goliath. One said, and then he cut his head off. <laughs> That's what boys are like for you right there. But it's those stories. Didn't say, oh, and David pranced out and they shook hands and everything was perfect. And No, it was the adversity. It was the difficulty. It was the struggle. That it's inspiring generation to generation to generation. And guys, I want you to know it's the struggle that's going to make the most difference in your life. And don't give up in the middle of the story. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, He himself bore our sins. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 4, I believe that one's in your notes. says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Watch this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. See, our trouble, our bad chapter is producing a great story. So don't give up along the way. Number three. You may not choose each chapter, but you do get to name each chapter. What I've learned about the chapters of life and life in general is that, that we, don't get to choose our, we don't get to choose what we go through. We don't get to choose what town we're born in. We don't get to choose what family we're born into. We don't get to choose, some of us were born into wonderful families that supported us and spoke life to us and encouraged us and, and, and just every step of the way. And some of us were born to, into places that people looked at us and told us we were no good. That we were an accident, that we were a loser, there are people that we were raised around difficult situations. You didn't get to choose that chapter. See, we don't get to choose what happens to us in life. We, most of the time, we do not get to choose the chapters that we go through, or we wouldn't choose those things. But you know what? We do get to name those things. In other words, we do get to say what those things are going to be. Some people look at a bad chapter and they name it bad. They name their whole life bad. They, they, name it, they, they, they name it depression. Instead of looking at it and seeing it for something beyond, and, and this is the encouragement I could give you this morning, is never name a chapter in the middle of a chapter. Because you don't know the trial in your life may become the greatest blessing of your life. So don't stop in the middle of the difficulty. Because God's not done yet, and you have the power to name it. I got thinking about how, you know, Adam got an opportunity to name all the animals. God just like brings it in front of him, and then he names it. Could you imagine naming a giraffe? Like, with the long neck. I mean, could you imagine naming a hippopotamus? You know, and there's going to be Christmas songs about that hippopotamus. Could you imagine like naming all those things? But you know, that's a picture of this that. That, that, the, that the ability to name something God put in us from the very beginning. And there's going to be things that are brought across your life 
You didn't choose it, but you do get to name it. You do get a chance to, to put a name on that situation in your life. And guys, don't name it in the middle of the situation. Don't give up in the middle of the trial. Just keep holding on. Keep trusting that God's in control. See, Jesus, whenever he was on the cross, Jesus, whenever he was suffering for us, Jesus, was ever, whenever he was in the middle of it all, he said, Father, remove this cup from me and take it away. I don't want it. I want to tell somebody, it's okay to want to quit. Your Savior wanted to quit, but it's not okay to quit. It's okay to want to quit. We all want to quit, but it's not okay to quit. He said, let it pass, but okay, nevertheless, let it happen. And I think about on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Why? For they know not what they do. What was he doing? He was refusing to name this chapter bitterness because of what people did to me. One of the most powerful things that, that you and I could ever learn to do in relationships that hurt us is this. Learn to say, they didn't mean it. Learn to make that part of your vocabulary. When someone hurts you at work, when someone hurts you in your family, make the decision to say this, they didn't mean it. And you may say like I say, but I know for a fact they meant it. It's good preaching and all, but I know for a fact that they meant it. Here's the thing, the only person that's going to be hurt from bitterness and you being the self-appointed judge of the universe is you. That you judge everybody's motives, you judge what everybody thinks, what everybody does. Like if you are the one judging the world, I promise you are going to be a miserable person. If you're the one naming your chapter and everybody else's chapter, you're going to be a miserable person. But if you'll say in your heart, and it may have to be by faith, <laughs> they didn't mean it. In other words, I'm not naming this chapter by what they did to me. Jesus, your Savior, our God, said, Father, forgive them. Why? Because they didn't mean it. They don't know what they're doing. And then after that, he was able to give up the ghost and be free. And you know what? You can't be free until you let go of the people that you're bitter against. You can never step into your destiny if you're bringing a truckload full of, of bitterness and hate. The only person that's hurting, you, that the only person that's in prison because of your hate and bitterness of them is you. When you forgive someone, it doesn't mean they're right. It means that you're free. It means you set that person free and you put them in the hands of God. And here's the fourth thing is that Jesus understood that your story is not over yet. Hmm. Jesus understood the story wasn't over. Just because this is a hard chapter, guys. The story of your life's not over. The scripture says in John 19, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. I got a question, was it finished yet? What was finished? His story? No. The only thing that was finished was that chapter. Because guys, there's another chapter to write. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to sing all about it next week. There was a resurrection coming. There was a new story that was going to be written like no story had ever been written in the history of human history. 
the story of resurrection. What was finished? That chapter was finished. The rule of sin and death on humanity was finished. But the story wasn't done. The story had just begun. So don't give up. If I could have my my jar, I want to share something with you guys today. Thank you so much. Oh, it's heavy. Whenever the church had just started, um, I mean, there, God, we came here with a with a big vision and dream of what God was going to do, and uh, the, there was just days that were hard. I, I just I don't know what I imagined in my mind everything would be. This roses and perfect, and just people just begging, "Hey, can we can we bring our own chairs? Because we there's not enough chairs. We just want to just pack out the Thompson Bowling Arena from day one." I don't know what I was thinking, but. We'd have some Sundays that were just difficult, and, and still do. And I remember one Sunday in particular, Kara's grandfather had passed away that week, and it was just a hard, emotional week. We were in Indiana all week, and I just remember driving home. She was still up there with her family. I remember driving home, honestly, in my mind, thinking, it's been a hard week. God's going to do something awesome today. Some of you were there. I remember that Sunday because it was the lowest Sunday we ever had, and there wasn't many people here at all. There were much, much less people. There were more, less people than there are serve team people here this morning at 7 a.m. when we were opening the doors. And I went home and I went to sleep. I was so depressed. We didn't have one kid in children's ministry. All of our children's workers were like, nobody was there today. It was just low, low, low. I could have swung, I could have sat on the side of a newspaper and swung my legs. I was low. And I had a friend of mine tell, tell me, he said, we were just talking um, a couple weeks before, and he said, Brandon, he said, you got to understand, no one Sunday defines your destiny. And I, I went to bed, and I was depressed, and I was upset, and I woke up the next day, and I said, okay, God, it's a bad week, but no one Sunday is going to define what you called me here to do. We're just at the beginning of this story. Just because it's a bad day, I'm not going to let that destroy all the good things you're going to do. And I, I got on my calculator and I figured out how many Sundays are in the next 30 years. And on that low day, a day of difficulty, I went to the store and I bought over 1,500 pieces of candy, everybody. And I went to the store and I bought this jar. And I, I'm sure the lady at the store was like, what in the world? And I just, I bought all this candy and I put it in this jar and I set it in my bedroom And my wife didn't like the decoration, but I said, honey, I need this for this season because it represented all the more Sundays that I have left. Whatever, I mean, whatever God has in the future. But for me, it represented simply this, that just no one thing, not one thing in your your life. It's It's just one thing, just a chapter. And there's some Sundays still this day when we had to have a bad Sunday or I don't feel like I did a very good job or have difficulty. I'll go home and I'll just grab a piece of candy. My kids have ate most of this candy here. It was full. I eat the candy. And I'm reminded that God's not finished with me yet. I want to tell somebody God's not finished with you yet. I don't know what your thing is, if you need something visual. You know what? I put these in when my when the when the colors run out, that means my kids are out of out, my kids have graduated from school. 
And I'm like, okay, God, would you help me today? Because God's not finished with you yet. Don't give up in the middle of this chapter. Keep trusting Him. Keep believing Him. Keep coming. Keep serving. Keep giving. Keep doing what God's called you to do. Don't quit on your calling because we serve a God who doesn't quit. And we praise Him because He's good. And we praise Him because He went to the cross. But I just want to praise Him this morning because He never, ever quit. Let's stand to our feet all over the house this morning. Amen, amen, amen. You're here today. You're going through a difficult season. Every head bowed, nobody looking around. If you're here today and you're going through a difficult season, you're like, yeah, I need this message. Why don't you just raise your hand just as a response to God if you need this today. Nobody's looking around. It's you and God. I need this today. I want to pray for you. I want to pray strength in you. I want to pray that God would give you a steadfast spirit. That you would walk out of this place not feeling like everything's perfect yet. But walk out of this place square-shouldered that God's not finished with me yet. If we serve a God who could go to the cross, He wanted to inspire us and show us that we too can make a decision to stay in that relationship. We can make the decision to keep on being that parent, that grandparent that God's called us to be. Keep on serving. Keep on being faithful. Keep on honoring those employees. Keep on being the person that God's called you to be. It may not look like you may wish you were further than you are. But just understand the story's not over yet. You may be in a bad chapter, but the bad chapters make the best parts of the story. So just keep on serving. Keep on trusting. If that's you, hands lifted, I want to pray for you in this place. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray strength into anyone who's wanting to give up. Anyone who walked into this place discouraged about something that they're facing in their life. God, something where they're discouraged. Maybe it's something they did. Maybe it's something someone else did to them, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give them encouragement to never give up, to never quit on their calling because you have a grand purpose for their life. They have a race to run and it's not finished yet. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Guys, can we just thank the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Lord.